The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello. Good afternoon or evening. 401, your start time here. Eric Franson, AJ Salves on the Full Court Press. Is it afternoon? Right. Unless when, you're when like listening in start? England, then welcome. Well, wait. When does evening start? Evening? Yeah. When does the evening start? Uh, that's a good question because I think it's a moving target. Because in the summertime, evening isn't until like, I don't know, 8 o'clock. But in the wintertime, evening is like 4. <laughs> that's a good point. In January yep. and December, 4 o'clock, 4.30, that's evening. I just want to go home and curl up on the couch, the warm blanket. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, there are some fans in a different parting, uh, part of North America curling up on a couch wondering what if. Uh, last night's Game 5 of the NBA Finals in Toronto, in Jurassic Park, frenzy crowd awaiting their first championship in franchise history. They'll need to wait a little bit longer if maybe they'll even get it. What a gr- what a weird game. I mean... Mm-hmm. This series has been really, really interesting. And um, uh, on one hand, I thought, hey, cool for Toronto if they can clear this out. And the way that they did it, um, you know, picking up two road victories and then take care of, taking care of business at home. Uh, in, in that Nobody really thought that they would be a team that could do that. Uh, but then a lot of people, the other part of me too was, man, this has been kind of fun watching this series and the storylines and if Kevin Durant comes back, uh, can it stretch to seven games? Will he be the savior that that saves their 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 championship? Uh, and then there was all kinds of stuff within the game itself that was just crazy. It started off pretty good for the Warriors, to be quite honest with you. They, in fact, it started off red hot to say red hot to say the least. Leonard, right hand dribble to, to the paint, stolen away by Iguodala. Lead the break. Andre stutter steps, picks up his dribble, feeds Draymond, handoff Curry. Curry outside, driving again, throws it out to Durant. Durant for three, it's up and good. KD rattles home his first shot, and the Warriors off to an 8-2 beginning. Warriors were absolutely sizzling from the field. They had hit their first five threes. That's right. Out of their first 20 points, five of them, or excuse me, 15 of it came from beyond the arc. They they had eight three-pointers by the end of the first quarter. They, they hit nine early in the second quarter, but yet they could not get rid. I mean, yet they were leading by seven, leading by eight over Toronto. And at that point, you have to wonder, good heck, is this going to happen or not? Well, it, Golden State was able to keep Toronto at arm's length for a good part of the game. Toronto still was able to hang around, uh, and then late in the second quarter, they kind of made their charge there and got it to uh, – they actually – um, got it within one, uh, and then I thought it, it seemed like okay, here it goes. Durant's out. Seemed like Golden State had this emotional, angry push after Durant got hurt, and they t- dialed it back up. But it, it didn't look like it was sustainable. Toronto started to make their own adjustments, and I thought the way that the second quarter was ending, that Toronto was making their move and they were going to put it away. And then in that last minute, bang bang, Golden State hits a couple of. Three point shots again, and they're going to the locker room, 
up uh, almost double digits again. I'm going to stop and rewind you. Of course, you already mentioned the biggest story of the night, and if not, maybe of the biggest story in the free agency period of the 2019 summer. Durant off the screen. Gets a Baca as his defender. Durant goes to work. Ball knocked away. Durant's hurt. He's hurt. He's hobbling off on Uh the break. Baca goes up and got fouled by Livingston. He's holding his right leg. Yep. And it looks like in the same place. I I don't want to speculate. People are cheering an injury. It's not good. Timeout Warriors. Kevin Durant gets up and he is limping badly. And people are cheering. Oh. Really? Oh. That's what you're doing? Yeah. He's going right to the dressing room, Tim. Serge Ibaka trying to get people to calm down. And Kevin Durant's night, I believe, is done. Tim Royce on the call for 95-7 the game in Westwood, California. He does a tremendous job. Uh, I've got so many thoughts to this and so many emotions. And, and if you listen to 106.9, the fans throughout the day, Tam, Patrick, Colin Coward, Doug Gottlieb, you've heard, you've heard everybody's thoughts and emotions. So whatever Eric and I say, you may have already heard. You might hear it in a different tone. I Let's start with KD first. Actually, no, that's a bigger picture. Let's start with the crowd first. Unacceptable, classless, and disgusting and despicable of you. Yeah, come on. I mean... And, 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 this, and the crazy thing is that Toronto fans are defending themselves doing it. Uh, it. It was funny because Jimmy Kimmel did this thing where he was walking around Toronto trying to get Raptors fans to talk smack about Golden State, and they were so polite about it. They didn't know how. And Canada is – Canadians are largely revered as such polite people and respectful people. And that what didn't seem to be the case – when a star player went down with a serious injury. I mean, this, I don't care if you're from Canada or not. Uh, even if you're from one of the more, more ruthless places in America, like Philadelphia or, or New York, you, you don't cheer when an opposing player gets hurt. You don't cheer when anyone gets hurt. These are professional athletes. These are people. Yeah, they're human beings. That, crying I mean, the, the, yeah, these are real people. And this is a, this is a serious, serious injury. You don't cheer. You don't applaud. You don't get excited. I mean, yes, it changes the dynamic of how this this series might go forward, but you want to be able to say that you played the best and you beat the best. best. Because otherwise, well, maybe you beat the team, but gosh, what would they would have been like if that guy would have been healthy? Now, granted, there's stuff that's out of their control. They can't help Kevin Durant with a non-contact injury. They, they can't help that, but to, you can control the way you react. And I and there is some confusion because there was a fast uh, break bucket on the other side, resulted in a layup for two. So, I mean, there is that leftover. Yes, what exactly are the fans But when you see to? fans, and, 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 and you know what, and that's what Toronto's trying to defend themselves on that fact. Well, guess what? Their fans, even in the whole Jurassic Park outside of the building, you can see them waving goodbye at Durant. Grow up. Yeah, not not a classy move. Not a good image for the uh, Toronto Raptors. It and, was, and that any was way really you try to defend yourself, you're gross. You're absolutely despicable. And you need to really check yourself. There were some weird explanations, not just from the fans in that incident, but also from Nick Nurse late in the game 
with uh, his justifications of, of those back-to-back timeouts. It just it was a weird vibe in that building on, on a couple of different occasions. Oh, uh, yeah. It was a crazy, crazy game. So here's the thing. Now, we'll, we'll go ahead and fast forward to the latter part of the game. Uh, here's the thing. Golden State handed that game on a platter in the final three minutes. Kawhi, I can't talk today. Kawhi Leonard goes on this dis- incredible MVP-like 10-0 run, right? I mean, he is just, anything he throws up turns into gold. It hits the bucket. It's good. Crowd's just erupting. And in fact, according to Brian Windhorst, they had actually took the champagne, put it into the locker room Toronto, put up the plastic sheets, and we're ready to go. I mean, yeah, as they probably should have. I mean, you were making a run. Golden State was, uh, was their their shots weren't falling anymore. They were having a hard time with ball movement, and uh, Kawhi Leonard starts making some big shots. They pull ahead. They have a a, a nice lead. They're up one hundred three ninety seven with three and a half to go. Looks like all they got to do is just close the door on this, and then they <laughs> went ice cold, and then. Not only Golden that, State starts hitting three point shots again. Okay, so you talked about Nick Nurse's timeout. Steve Kerr is not left blameless here. He took, re- I mean, he made a really dumb decision when, uh, after the Kawhi Leonard, what should have been called a travel, wasn't called a travel. He was furious and decides to call a timeout to just absolutely score in the ref. An assistant coach, whether it's Mike Brown or Jaron Collins, needs to grab Steve Kerr by the court or coat, and shake him and say, you cannot, you absolutely cannot waste the time out to yell at the ref in a do-or-die game, an elimination game for you, for the NBA championship. You cannot waste the time out just to go after a ref. Because, guess what? You have one left with three minutes remaining. And with about 39 seconds left, Draymond Green steps on the back line, loses his balance. Why aren't you using a timeout during then? Why aren't you screaming at the ref, I need a timeout, with your player stepping on the back court line, or at least about to fall over? I Really, really weird sequence. And of course, I mean, not of course, but you saw, I mean, the last minute and a half, 90 seconds, two minutes, Golden State got hosed on a few calls. There's that offensive interference, which really wasn't by DeMarcus Cousins, the, non-call on, uh, the non-travel call on Kawhi Leonard. Um... I mean, there was some weird, and then the moving screen. I guess technically it's a moving screen, but to yeah. call that in no, that, that was the right call. It's the right call. Yeah, but, it was the right call. It, but do you call that in that situation? Yes. Do you? Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, he's clearly sliding his very oh, large sure. body. You know what? How many you, times you, that happened? Do you know how you many times that happened? If you're a sliding screen, so why didn't you're they call them Carl Malone when he screened Clyde Drexler and he just absolutely moved him? I mean, moved him to get John Stockton open for a three. Well, look, we're talking about 2019. It doesn't uh, matter. It's still a moving screen, man. It, look, the, there were things that, yeah, went, I think, kind of crazy on both sides. Uh, I thought Nick Nurse and the Raptors just totally tightened oh, up. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it didn't seem like they knew what yeah. they were doing. It didn't look like they had an offensive And that's on Nick set. Nurse. That's on Nick Nurse. It's and like they ran down all of a sudden. Ah, he's doubled. Kick it out to someone else. Oh, he's doubled. Throw it around. Ah, we're running out. Let's just chuck it up in the, out of the corner. I, you it know just what? didn't seem like they had a, a, a set. Like, this is what we're going to do in this situation. Well, Kawhi Leonard's the best player on that team. 
He's one of the best, well, excuse me, he was the best player on that court during that time without Kevin Durant being there. You make him give up the ball. You don't space it out so he can go ISO on somebody. Even or if it is Clay Thompson, basket. force them to make a tough decision or yeah. foul you and put you make on the him line. foul you. You drive Kawhi Leonard to the hoop and you put it on the refs. And if they're all collapsed around you and they haven't fouled you, kick it out. Someone's going to be open. But to give it up that quickly, I mean, as soon as he saw the rush coming, he looked to give it up. Go to the hoop. and But you said, like you said, Nick Nurse's game planning and game management during that final four minutes of basketball was absolutely horrendous. Calling timeouts just to give his guys rest? Yeah. Come on. You have all the momentum in the world. Quiet you, is you cruising. have it in your grasp. He's not tired, man. Oh, well, let's take a timeout. Let's, we've seized everything. Let's slow down our own momentum. Let's put some water on our fire and put it out and allow Golden State to regroup and come back into this. So, uh, that just blew my mind. In the end, Kim Royce, finish it. Van Vliet will take it up the floor. Van Vliet down to 12 seconds, 10 seconds. Waiting for Leonard. Leonard catches it on the logo, steps out. Guarded by Clay Thompson. It just switched. It just stopped on me. Sorry. That sucks. Uh, <laughs> in the end, 106-105 is your final. Um, Draymond Green played some nice defense. Oh, my gosh. Just fantastic. On Lowry. I don't know why they felt like they had to Dude, take a three. That's it exactly seemed like what why. everybody was looking for was to take a three. Kawhi was at the top looking for a three. Van Vliet was at the top looking for a three. You're they kick it out to one, Lowry dog. in the corner to take a three. You just need two points. If you drive to the hoop and you get fouled, you hit one and two, you're going to overtime. I I, I, I just I, I absolutely did not understand what was going on through their mind in that final three minutes of basketball because they just lost all composure. And you and you could really, you said it, Eric, you could blame Nick Nurse calling the timeout because before that, they were cruising. Golden State was exhausted, absolutely just done. And it, it looked like On they ran out of ammo. They yeah. used up all their threes and they were running out. But then, nope, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, shooters are going to shoot and they're going to make their shots. And they did. So... <laughs> I mean, so the Warriors also lost Kevin Looney, which, by the way, is a big deal. Yeah, he was just aggravates oh his gosh, injury of the other bad. upper body cartilage. Tough dude. Um, he was out there trying to make it happen. I think defensively, he does a nice job of clogging up the middle and challenging uh, shots at the rim, and even has that ability to come out and defend because of his length. But uh, having him out too, that that's a that's a big blow for Golden State. Kills him. Absolutely kills him. 106-105 is your final. Um, this, I mean, this is... Uh, there's so many things to take from this game. The whole Durant injury is a totally, in itself, all alone novel. I mean, and I say novel, it is like a dictionary book-sized novel because there is so much impact that goes into it, and we'll get into that in the next segment. Um, it deals with another topic that we want to talk about. Uh, but this game now. I mean, so now you look to a game six, back at Oracle Arena for the final game in Oracle Arena in Oakland ever. Yes, without a doubt, the game on Thursday will be the definitive final game. So with that, who's the pressure on, Eric? Golden State or Toronto? You know, that's a fair question because I've been thinking about this a lot today. Like, who has the advantage, or who who will be the 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 better team in this game six? Um, on, on one hand, I I look at what's happened in this series, in that 
there have been how many? Four road victories? Yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Much for home court advantage, that right? That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but then I think, okay, this is Golden State. They, they've they found a way to survive. They know they won't have Kevin Durant. There's always been this thing looming over them that they might get him back. Now, for sure, they know they won't. Not that that's changed really how they've approached their different games uh, before, but then they... They have found ways to survive and win and stay in the series. Um, but on the other hand, it's, it's going to be an emotional night in Oracle because everyone will know it'll be the last game there. But I think Toronto, too, is going to be coming in really upset. Look, here's another game where we knew we had this game and we let it get away. Here's and a- they have proven... Playing an Oracle is no problem for them. They know how to win there. They've yeah, but here's the thing. This series. You look at a road game. Like, remember when San Antonio had game six wrapped in their hands and then a ball creamed off the rim in an awkward manner, landed in Chris Boss's hands, was turned into Ray Allen's hands, was turned into a tie game, which then turned into game seven, which turned into a Miami Heat championship. Is that the same thing we're looking at now? Toronto had Durant out, Looney out, and a, what, eight-point lead or a six-point lead with, like, a minute and six left and change, and they lose because they let Curry, the best shooter in the world, go. They let Thompson get a great lick on an open three from the left side, and he hits it. And then, and then you just saw the panic button being drilled with a sledgehammer from Toronto Raptors fans, players, and coaches. Well, it, it, we've seen this a few times in these playoffs where there's been a few ca- occasions, late-game situations, the team just tightens up. You look Kawhi at, gets bottled up, yeah. and then nobody else really has the courage to or ability up. to create a shot and get points. Which, by the way, what did you find it really interesting that DeMarcus Cousins in Sacramento was the biggest ball hog in the world? That anytime the ball touched his hands, it was going up. It didn't matter if he was 5 feet or 45 right, feet from it, never, it never went back out to anybody But then else. last night when he's on the court in that crucial situation, him and Draymond Green... Draymond Green had a great look on a great ball movement switch on a skip pass from the left wing to the right corner, which found Draymond Green wide open for a three. Instead, he passes it up and gives it to Curry because every single guy on that court in a blue and yellow uniform was looking for two men, Curry and (laughs) Thompson. And they said, just get you the ball, get you a screen, and get the crap out of the way. And that's exactly what everybody did. And, And... what do you yeah. what do you know? Yeah. When those six one oh fives are final. That that ball movement by was, Golden oh State my gosh. in the final That looked at Thompson on the ball movement from Cousins to Green to Thompson, who pump fakes a three, Kawhi Leonard flies by, then hits it from the left wing was beautiful. Yeah. That was impressive. That's what beats teams is when Golden State is moving the ball and it's not sticking. It doesn't matter if Durant is on or off the court. When they can have good ball movement, they're the best team in the league. It's just that all of a sudden, at some point, you just didn't see it a whole lot because, you know, Curry was tired, Thompson was exhausted, Draymond Green was upset with the previous non-call, and DeMarcus was just being DeMarcus of old. Uh, you know, the, the Vegas odds makers favor Golden State in Game 6 uh, by three points. It'll be interesting to see how that moves as we get closer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think in the end... Toronto just has more guys that are healthy. Yeah. And it's, Warriors are dealing with attrition, and it's going to catch up with them. It almost did last almost night. Almost did last night. That's a good point. So I just, I, 
I don't know how much more they can take. It's true. And stay in it. That's a great point, Eric, is how much is left in the tank. But, again, as you've already mentioned, this is the final game in Oracle Arena in Oakland. This prestigious franchise of the last five years where it had its great memories of the of the uh, Warriors in the early 90s, of the Warriors in the 2000s who ran the Dallas Mavericks, a 60-win basketball team, off the court. And with a famous dunk from Baron Davis over AK-47. I mean, this, this arena is going to finally have its closure. And these fans want to see it. And on a high note. And I think the Golden State Warriors will play off that emotion. Not only of Durant not being there. Or at least on the court with him. In jersey. In uniform. But of the Oracle Arena. The fans won. We get one more. And then you know what? If they win game six. Buckle up, strap tight, grab an extension because anything can damn near happen in Game 7. It is no one, nobody's at mercy. No, I I think that even if Golden State gets Game 6, I I would still give Toronto the edge. Uh, I I worry that when it's a little bit tight on the line that Toronto was displayed a couple times, as I mentioned, in in the playoffs generally, not just in this series, that they tighten up and then they, they're not sure how to close it out. Whereas Golden State, championship team, been there lots of times. They're not afraid. They're excited for those moments and they know how to play and continue to compete until the buzzer hits zero. Um, and I think that to Toronto, if, if they're going to close this championship out, they'll have to do it by a healthy margin. Because I worry about them being able to do it in, a, in just a short... Um, if it's a really close game where it's any basket could make a difference. Wait, and who'd you say? Oak or Golden State or Toronto? Toronto. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. And, and you already have enough pressure on you as it is. I mean, look, you already blew game five at your place. Now you got to go play an emotional, revved up, fired up Oracle Arena in front of a stand-up crowd only. Uh, and then if you if you if you lose that game, which there's a chance you might, you got to come back and try to do game seven at your place with no momentum at all whatsoever, with two of those cold blooded killers, to ever maybe step on a court in a long time since LeBron James in his prime. Yeah, it'll be all about the Splash Brothers, and everybody else will just be there, drawing attention or feeding off of the, uh, not drawing attention, but getting looks with, because yeah. of the attention that has to be given to those two guys. And the X factor might be for Golden State, the DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, they know they're going to need to go to him more and try to figure out how to utilize him. And so I think Marcus Gasol on the other side has to be more effective. I think that he, he had is, what seventeen though. He was all right, wasn't he? Yeah, he started out good, but then he kind of faded. Oh, Gasol! Yeah, you're right. You're right. He did. Holy cow! Yeah, he had eight rebounds. I mean, he had seventeen points, but. The chunk of the points came, actually over half his points came in the first half. You're right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, So with, I want to ask you, Kevin Looney now being out, I mean, they're on a short, I mean, they're on an extremely short bench here. But you're looking at Quinn, or not Quinn Cook, because Quinn Cook hasn't been great. But you're looking at, as I said, Jonas Trepko, my man, stepping up enough to play more minutes again. He didn't play any 
no. last night. He's going to have to now. Well, I think you'll see Bogut probably start. Uh, you'll, I don't know. You might see a cousin start. Actually, I'd, see, I'd say cousins I, I think will cousins start. will Bogut start. Will... Bogut will. Who knows? He may play a, a token minute or there or a minute or two. But I think you will see more Jarebko because they'll, they'll need him because of the length of the of Toronto Raptors that they'll be thrown at him. So, um, yeah, I don't, it was <laughs> tough that they couldn't close it out. If you're a Rap, if you're a Warriors fan, you're excited about how they were able to survive. Uh, I, I I haven't really enjoyed this series. I haven't seen what the ratings are for these playoffs. I haven't either. But uh, I, I'm I'm curious to see. You know, if if people are tuning into this, because they should. Uh, last night's game, with the news about uh, Kevin Durant coming back, and then how it all played out, should have drawn a large audience. I hope it did, because it was it was an interesting game. It was an interesting game, to say the least. Another interesting topic that uh, many are talking about is one of the best players to step on the court is no longer on the court, and we'll also miss all of next year. Kevin Durant, as a re- MRI, they're saying that the MRI will confirm their worst thoughts, a torn Achilles tendon for Kevin Durant. We'll talk about what that means for Golden State, what that means for free agency in the summer of 2019. We'll also get into the topic of can the Utah Jazz, if they were in absolute prayer mode, prayer mode, I should say, get Anthony Davis? How would they and how can they do that? That's all coming up. Eric Franson, Isaac Salveson, 106.9, a.m., The fan. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Van Vliet will take it up the floor. Van Vliet down to 12 seconds, 10 seconds. Way to confer Leonard. Leonard catches it on the logo, steps out. Guarded by Clay Thompson. Six seconds with five seconds. Leonard right side stops. Feeds Van Vliet. Van Vliet, one dribble, get the corner. Lowry is blocked by Draymond. The game's over. The game's over. The game is over. The Warriors have won. Eric France and LJ Salveson, 429 on the Full Court Press at 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The fans are grateful to have you along, however, wherever you are joining us. We appreciate you greatly. 435-752-1069 to call in and share your thoughts on whatever is on your mind, sports-wise. I'll tell you what's on our mind, what's on the rest of the NBA's mind, including general managers himself, including the New York Knicks, including the Los Angeles Lakers, including the Brooklyn Nets. And that would be one man, Kevin Durant. Uh, last night... Uh, he had he grabbed his Achilles, which is not a good thing. Uh, well, it looked like he grabbed his Achilles the first time in the Houston series. Yeah, yeah, uh, just I mean the way he reacted, and for and for so long, for thirty days straight, it was hey, it's his calf, it's calf strain, it's calf strain. Doris Burke last night before the game started said, "Hey, look, we I talked to Steve, and Steve Kerr told me that we don't feel like there's any way he could injure it worse than what it is." So. Then all of a sudden, after Bob Myers, GM for Golden State Warriors, stepped to the pulpit, said this. Um. Uh, Kevin had a, it's it's an Achilles injury. I don't. 
know uh, the extent of it. He'll have an MRI tomorrow. Um, prior to coming back, he went through four weeks with our medical team and um, it was thorough and it was experts and multiple MRIs and multiple doctors. Um, and we felt good about the process. Uh, he was cleared to play tonight. That, that was a collaborative decision. Um, I don't believe there's anybody to blame, but I understand this, this world. And um, if you have to, you can blame me. I, ru I run our basketball operations department. And um, let me tell you something about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant loves to play basketball, and the people that questioned whether he wanted to get back to this team were wrong. And I'm not here to... He's one of the... He's one of the most misunderstood people. He's a good teammate. He's a good person. It's not fair. I'm lucky to know him. I don't know um, I don't have all the uh, information on what, what really the extent of what it all means until we get an MRI. But the people that worked with him and cleared him are good people. They're good people. Bob Myers of the Golden State Warriors. He's also in charge of the, the uh, operations for the Golden State Warriors. And I'm glad we played that in its entirety because I've heard clips of that. I mean, I saw some of it last night, but I've heard just just snippets of his statement last night, not in its entirety. And I think it's airing it in its entirety like that. You appreciate how difficult it is for him to even say the words and to get through making a statement. Uh, obviously, when you hear clips, you hear the emotion in his voice, but the, those those pauses where he's trying to collect himself, um, it what a difficult thing. Uh, he's he's trying to say blame me, and it's there's been a lot of blame game going around since the injury happened last night on social media, on every TV show that deals with this stuff, every talk radio that deals with this stuff, and sports talk, everybody's talking about. How could this have happened? And uh, uh, some people want to point the finger at somebody. I, I get that. At some point, if your medical staff, some people are saying, well, what about this medical staff? You know, how could they let this happen? And people are saying, you got to, as a medical staff, sometimes you have to protect the player from himself. Well, didn't they do that earlier in this series with Clay Thompson? Don't they understand already? They've gone through this. So to say that this was Kevin Durant saying, I'm playing, I don't care what you all say, I don't, I don't know that I buy that because I think this medical staff has been pretty clear about when a player can and can't go. That's how they were with DeMarcus Cousins. So to all of a sudden say they're making an exception for Kevin Durant in game, for Game 5 just seems a little disingenuous. Uh, 
Okay, Maybe, so the I, only thing I can say, let me just please, say this, and please, I'll finish. Please, finish. The only no, thing I can absolutely. think is that this medical staff did not clearly understand the extent of what really went on with his leg, with either his calf muscle or the Achilles tendon attached to it uh, and to his leg. And I, that's the only thing I can think is that they didn't clearly fully understand the extent of what happened initially and to think that that gave them the thought that the progress he had made in the, in the previous four weeks was enough where he could come back and not do anything more significant than what had already been done. All right, I, I'm going to play uh, the devil to to most of your points. Um, this medical team, who had done a great job in handling DeMarcus Cousins, handling Clay Thompson, and, and just, I mean, throughout the season, all the load management and, and locking minutes and, and taking care of their bodies, phenomenal stuff. Kevin Durant is one of the rare special players in, t- in this generation. He is right up there with LeBron, right up there with Kawhi Leonard. He has the biggest summer of, of, the biggest summer of his career coming up in just one month. He had just injured his Achilles before. Okay, so let so one thing first. Let's not get fooled by anybody. That was an Achilles injury before. I'm sorry, and I hate to be that guy that's gonna say, "Well, you're speculating, LJ." No, I'm not. Look what look look where he's icing. Look where he's icing. Look how long he's been out. Well, look how he reacted. Look what his yeah. Listen to what his comments were. They're all consistent with other players who have had Achilles, Achilles injuries. injuries. So in saying that, we all know the, I mean, whether it's been you, whether it's been someone close to you or someone away from you that you've seen play, whatever the case is, you know how significant an Achilles injury can be. Why in the world would you even try to play with that? If you're the medical team and you have the right frame of mind, you are telling Kevin Durant, listen, you have a very big decision to make this summer with a lot of uh, opportunity ahead of you. Do not risk it playing in this finals. Even if he wants to, if he's begging you, if he's telling you, look, I'm good to go, I can go out there and I'll be just fine. If anything comes, if I feel anything or if I, if I don't feel right, I'll come off the court. Give me a break. It is game five of the NBA finals. He's one of the most competitive basketball players on the court. You tell him, look, if you re-injure this, it's not just a strain. It's a tear. It's a rupture. It is done. You're done, and your career is altering. Not ending, but altering. Career is altered, and you're out of the game for at least probably a year. And guess what? You're saying goodbye to 220-something million. Well, so part of me wonders if Kevin Durant was saying, look, they all knew what the injury really was. and said, look, don't say... Don't call it what we know it is. Yeah, well, of course. Because that's going to affect my opportunities in the offseason. Call it a calf strain. Keep calling it a calf strain. Uh, because if, if the word's out there that I have an Achilles, then that means I'm going to have to have surgery. It means I'm going to be out of the game for a while, no matter what. And that's going to affect, potentially, the suitors that are out there and how much money they're willing to pay. 
Whether that happened or not, I don't know. That's just pure speculation. But the fact of the matter is, what we do know, and you can, there's all kinds of theories that have been floating out there the last 18 hours or so. But what we do know is that that injury could really dramatically affect the offseason because how many teams are really going to try to pursue Kevin Durant as hard as they would have otherwise? He does have a player option with Golden State. He could stay at Golden State and get paid $31 million to sit on the bench. And then when he's healthy, uh, become a unrestricted free agent. Or he could still sign with some team and just the, 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 they would know you're, you're getting a player that's not quite the same player as he was and he's not going to be able to do anything for you for a year. So are you willing to take a flyer on a guy that's going to be on your bench for a full season? And if you, before, if there was this idea that you could land Kevin Durant, and if you know you're going to get him, you're going to need some other pieces along with him. Now are those other pieces willing to come to that destination? Knowing that, hey, my wingman, my the other guy that was going to be the alpha, he's not here. Or he's just on the bench. He's not going to be on the court with me. So maybe I'm not so sure I want to come here anymore. So it, I think that sends shockwaves around the NBA and free agents and double thinking about where they're going to go. Because if it was going to go one place and it was going to set a domino effect around the league, well, that's now changed. Because Kevin Durant wasn't going to go somewhere alone. He was going to go somewhere where no, he could have there another top-level free agent. There was be a package there. that was, and whether it was Brooklyn, New York, L.A., Boston, I don't care, wherever. There was a package brought into it. But you're right. But if I'm, if I'm, um, no, I can't think of his name. Guy at Boston, uh, Danny Ainge. No, point guard. Oh, Kyrie. Kyrie Irving. Thank you. Blanked out. Sorry. Uh, if I'm Kyrie Irving and I'm thinking about going to the the Knicks to team up with Kevin Durant. Oh, maybe I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, no. That, maybe I'll go to Brooklyn. See, and go some, do something else, do something a little slightly different. Here's the thing: is that with that injury, because everyone had this, it's almost like, hey, look, if uh, you have your plans set, right, to go on this trip, based on everything's going to work out, so and so is going to go with you on the trip, but then all of a sudden someone gets sick or someone can't go, then it's like, oh, what do we do? I mean, we're supposed to have this great vacation. Now, I mean, wh- wh- what do we do? I mean, whether it's because now your, your group, play, you know, your package won't work, or you had this discount to get this hotel with this many people. I don't know. Whatever the situation is, such is the case here. With Durant now being out for next year, and let me tell you this, he will be out for the 2019-20 season. You can count on that. He's done. So with that, you now, if you're New York Knicks, not only did you lose that on Zion Williamson, you also lost that on Kevin Durant, most likely, unless you want to pay him $220 million to sit on your bench and hang out, to then get a maybe, maybe a shell of what Kevin Durant was. Um, if you're Brooklyn, same situation. If you're Boston, it actually helps you now because you're in a bigger fight for, you know, maybe bigger stars. Um, Anthony Davis now climbs to the type, top of the list, well, next to Kawhi Leonard, 1A, 1B, of the two most sexiest free agents available in the NBA in this summer. And 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 now for if you're the Warriors, thirty one point what did you say two or five million? Thirty one point five. Thirty one point five million 
you got to pay the rent because guess what, buddy? He's picking up his player option to get paid. And he'll just stick around and hang out up behind your bench or in the locker room for another 82 games. Plus playoffs. Because he's not going anywhere. Because no one's really, and with all due respect to Durant, no one's really confident in taking a guy who just ruptured his Achilles. Uh, look, he's still Kevin Durant. It doesn't matter. He's, he's, it, Kobe Bryant, when he had the same injury, he was not himself after that. Well, Kobe was a slasher. Kobe would attack the basket. Kevin Durant attacks the basket. Yeah, but Kevin Durant can shoot up in space. He can spot up in space and still be a deadly part of your offense. So is Kobe Bryant. <laughs> no, Sorry, but yeah, I, no, I, I, with I, all due respect, I'm just saying. It's, but it's not like if this type of injury happened to Giannis and to the Kumpo, that would be devastating. <laughs> Truly devastating. He's an explosive guy that attacks the rim. That's a big part of his game. He doesn't have an outside shot. Kevin Durant can still survive in the NBA and get paid lots of money for being a spot-up shooter. Um, just because of his height and his body type, he can still... He's not like a big, heavy guy like like uh, DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, Cousins was able to come back. He had a similar injury. He came back. He's still struggling a little bit with that injury and some of its side effects because... When when you come back from a serious injury, sometimes your your body overcompensates in other places, and then that creates other injuries, and it's a cascade of problems. So, what happens with Kevin Durant in this recovery is going to be really important. Uh, he'll still get paid, and he should still get paid, and he'll still be a very good basketball player in the NBA. Yeah. It, it just we won't see him for a little while. <laughs> uh. So, wait, are you telling but me... But Kobe Bryant was also older when he had his injury. Time out. Are you telling me that Kevin Durant will still get paid by the Knicks for Brooklyn? Yes. Excuse me? You Did, really think so? Because that helps them for the longer term, too. Look, we've got him. He's not going to do much for us this year, but we're going to plaster his face everywhere and buy tickets, and this is part of our plan for the next few years, and they can take some time to build around that. The fact that they're going to have Kevin Durant on their on their floor. Uh, huh. Okay. Uh, I, I, I they may know. not offer as much as they would have before, but I think they're still going to make a run at him. Interesting. By the way, I mean, non less of a uh, or to me a much lesser priority. According to Darren Rovell, who knows anything and everything about sports world, uh, he says, Van Deal was took a ton of Durant for MVP bets yesterday as refunding all Game 5 Kevin Durant losing player props for online and retail customers in New Jersey. MVP money will stay with the sports book. Well, congratulations, world. You win. I mean, and, and the crazy part is, uh, is so many people are like, you know what? Karma, this is you joining a 73-9 basketball team that beats you guys when you're up three games to one. You try and chase rings. You get those rings. You think you're the hot shot, and this happens. I, now, I am not as cruel as those people in any way, shape, or form. Um, are those the same people that were saying karma to Gordon Hayward? Oh, geez, yeah. Dude, that was that was a joke, I mean, too. come on. Let's... Let's a little bit of class. I mean, that's just that's ridiculous. Come so, on. what I want to ask you, really quickly, based on what we know now that he's got this serious injury, 
and and that it's going to change the NBA. I think it will change the NBA landscape because I don't think Brooklyn or New York are going to go after Durant anymore. They're going to say, no way, dude. So suddenly other tar- other players are going to be their, their main targets. Yeah, exactly. So in saying that, really quickly, let me ask you the quick things. So that affects the cascade effect. Bingo. Now you know Utah what I'm Jazz are like, ah, because now maybe Tobias Harris is suddenly there you go. more sought after. Maybe Kemba <laughs> Walker is now more sought after. Malcolm Brogdon or even uh, Chris Middleton, a Milwaukee. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, I'm not so confident about. I think he might end up in Minnesota. He's good friends with Cat Towns. Um, and what was the Terry Rozier? I don't think would be a good fit at all here. I gotta be honest. I'm not a fan of him. But I mean, that's the thing is, 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 is how does this affect the Utah Jazz? And and that that sweepstakes for Anthony Davis gets a little bit richer now because of what I mean. Again, the cars that New Orleans holds. And the people are going to go after Anthony. Whether they go after Durant or not, I'm, I have no idea. But, I mean, Durant or Anthony Davis is a rich, rich, rich product right now the day after post-Durant injury. Yeah, let's do this. Let's take a, a, Break. a timeout. When we come back, could the Jazz be a player in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes? Uh, if they can't get a, a free agent to come here, can they go find a top-level player to, to be a trade? to come here. We also have our player of the week stat that blew oh, our minds. Shoot, yeah. Uh, and yeah, more good stuff from Utah state athletics, football and basketball announced some new additions to the rosters. We'll discuss it all coming up next in the full court press interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in the full court press on sports talk radio, one Oh six, nine FM 1390 AM the fan. RJ Salves and Eric France on the Full Court Press, 106 on FM, 1390 AM. The fan, we got to be quicker in this segment. Eric, we were just talking about Anthony Davis. He's now one of the hottest commodities in the NBA coming up in the free agency summer 2019. Take me through some situations of where we can maybe, maybe, maybe have that small, minuscule shot of getting one of the best, if not the best, big man in the league. Well, first of all, uh, let me make clear. This is what David Griffin is essentially requesting to make this work. And he realizes it probably have to be a multi-team deal to make things work. Mm-hmm. But he says he's looking for a combination of assets, according to a report by Adrian Wojnarowski on ESPN. A combination of assets that include an all-star player, a young player with all-star potential, and two first-round picks. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty ridiculous heck, that you're going to ask that. Uh, um, I don't think that's what you're, he's going to get. And when I look at that, First of all, the Jazz, Utah Jazz do not meet that criteria. Utah Jazz currently do not have an all-star player. Though Donovan Mitchell is close to being one. Rudy Gobert is, Rudy Gobert close, is, to is close to being one. A young player with all-star potential, yes, we have a few of those on the Utah Jazz. Uh, and then the first-round picks, yes, that's something else altogether. So, first of all, I think Utah Jazz are out of the running. I want to make that clear. I don't know that the Utah Jazz, outside of packaging Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell could get Anthony Davis. And the Utah Jazz are not willing to do that. Yeah. So let's make it clear. I don't think the Jazz really are in the running. But if they're going to try, maybe here's some scenarios that that they could throw out there. Because Anthony Davis is set to make $27 million next year. So salaries have to be close. And not I haven't included the value of draft picks in these because I think there is some consideration there. But I think the first scenario is Derek Favors 
He's set to make $16.9 million next year. Uh, package him with Dante Exum and Grayson Allen. That, that gets you a little bit more than what Anthony Davis is set to make next year. And if you want to be more close to specific numbers, okay, let's look at Derek Favors, Jay Crowder, Howell Neto. That gets you exactly what he's set to make. And those three all have expiring contracts, which I think would be appealing. Uh, or another option, Joe Ingles, Dante Exum, Kyle Korver. But as I said, I don't think really any scenario the Jazz could throw out there outside of giving away Donovan Mitchell and or Rudy Gobert would make sense for New Orleans. It is too bad, but um, the the Jazz don't have a lot of young up-and-coming talent outside of those two guys that would be really appealing. They they do need help at the power forward position that uh, uh, Derek Favors could, could offer, and maybe that's part of a multi-team deal that the Jazz get involved in that uh, to get the type of player that they want. They may not get Davis, but they might get a player that they like, but they'd have to give up Derek Favors to get it. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, there are other free, agency avail- free agents available. There's also some trade options available, whether the Jazz will go after those or not will yet be determined. We'll keep you updated throughout the summer to let you know what is going on, not only in Utah, but in the rest of the NBA. All right, coming up, we'll put a pretty bow on this call to show Utah State signs a few new guys. We'll put them on the roster. We'll talk to you about who those guys are. That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Aljay South here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Grateful to have you all along on a Monday, right? It's Monday. It's Tuesday. It is. Oh, it is Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Hey, we got some new roster additions to Utah State men's basketball and football. Eric. Yeah. First for football, two players joining Utah State's football uh, team. They're going to be heading off on missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. First, uh, Cole Motes. He's from Thatcher, Arizona. Six foot six. Played tight end and defensive lineman. Uh, and then Jack Rigby. He played uh, tight end for Davis High School. And then for basketball, Carson Bischoff. He's a six four guard coming from Treasure Valley Community College in Ontario, Oregon. So he's a scorer, and uh, Coach Smith really pleased with his uh, his mentality and his style of game. You can read more about both of them, uh, all three of those guys, on CashValleyDaily.com. Is that the backup point guard for Utah State, you think? Um, it looks like he's more of a scorer than a facilitator, but um, we'll see. 6.6 rebounds per oh, game, no. 2.6 assists per game. Good night! I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Warrior fans, NBA fans, went through a roller coaster ride last night. It started out on a high note with Kevin Durant returning from that calf injury. Then KD hurt his leg again. But somehow Golden State found a way to win. The elation didn't last long. After the game, we found out Durant suffered an Achilles injury. Knowing how sports are today, people will look around for somebody to blame. No one wants to see the great stars get hurt, but that's the reality of big-time sports. Meanwhile, we have at least one more finals game ahead of us. It will be interesting to see how the Warriors respond. They played inspired late in the game last night. The Raptors, on the other hand, let a golden opportunity slip out of their grasp. But they seem to have the advantage, especially now that Durant is out. If you weren't in this series before Game 5, you're probably pretty engaged now as two great teams, great players, fight for an NBA title. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 